0: Luke's English Podcast is sponsored by italki. They are an online service with thousands of qualified native speakers who are ready to give you lessons or just conversations whenever you want them. You can sign up, decide what kind of lessons or conversations you want, browse the many available teachers and tutors, check out their qualifications, have a look at some of their videos, have a discounted sample lesson with anyone, and then when you find someone you like, italki will give you Uh, 100 free credits when you make a purchase. That's about $10 of free time with a native speaker, which is not bad at all. Go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk to get started today. Right, so that's the sponsorship mention. And now let's move on to the episode. And here we go. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. In this one, I'm holding a Luke's English Podcast Annual General Meeting, an LEP AGM. It's called an annual meeting, uh, but in fact, this is an AGM that doesn't happen on an annual basis. Um, it It doesn't happen on an annual basis. And by the way, on an annual basis means every year, okay? So in fact, the last time I held an annual general meeting on the podcast was almost exactly three years ago on the 4th of August 2013 in episode number 141 and number 142. All right, so the last time I did one of these AGMs was three years ago. So perhaps this shouldn't be an annual general meeting. Maybe this should be uh, the triennial meeting, not the annual meeting, right? Maybe this should be the triennial meeting, not triannual because in fact triannual means three times a year all right are you confused yet you might be and you know what you might now get even more confused because on that note the words triennial and triannual on that note there is a language point to be made here and it's um and it's about expressions of frequency um okay expressions of frequency with words like annual, biannual, weekly, biweekly, and stuff like that, all right? So, before we go any further, this needs to be sorted out. So, let's start small and work outwards from there, okay? We'll start with small units of time, and we'll work out to the larger units of time. So, first of all, you've got got expressions like on a minute-by-minute basis, which means every minute, For example, news updates on the story are coming in on a minute-by-minute basis, okay? So, there's on a minute-by-minute basis or every minute. And that also works with seconds. You could say on a second-by-second basis or every second. Uh, Then you've got hourly or every hour or also once every hour and on an hourly basis, all right? So, hourly, every hour, once every hour, and on an hourly basis. For example, the website is updated hourly, or the website is updated every hour, or the website is updated once every hour, or the website is updated on an hourly basis. The website gets updated a lot, basically. That's what I'm saying. Um, Then, you've got... So, that's hourly. Then, you've got daily. Everything's still pretty clear here when you have... Daily, so uh, you've got daily, every day, once a day, and on a daily basis, which obviously means that the thing happens one time every day. All right, nice and simple, no problem. But it starts to get more tricky when we get to week. Okay, so uh, we have weekly, every week, and then on a weekly basis, and also once a week, all of which mean. Uh, that the thing happens one time per week, all right? For example, I don't know, the meeting happens every week, or this is the weekly meeting, or uh, the meeting is planned to happen on a weekly basis, or once a week. Fine. Okay? Uh, so that's all okay. But then, then we have the word bi Yeah, and that's when things start to get a little bit more complicated, uh, because we... We have the word bi weekly. For example, at our bi weekly meeting. Now, does that mean that the meeting happens twice in a, in a week or once every two weeks? Okay, for example, you can also benefit from our bi weekly newsletters. You can also benefit from our bi weekly newsletters. So, do I get eight newsletters in a month or two newsletters in a month? Bi weekly, is that twice in a week or every two weeks? Now, this does cause some confusion with native speakers and occasionally requires some clarification if it's not obvious from the context. Um, Of course, the problem is, in this case, it looks like the problem is the result of differences between North American English and British English, as is often the case with little differences of usage like this. So, in the USA, it looks like according to what I've read on the internet anyway, it looks like bi-weekly tends to mean that the thing happens every two weeks. Whereas in the UK, for us, it means that it happens twice in a week. Okay. So biweekly in the US, every two weeks. And in the UK, uh, bi-weekly means twice in a week. So basically in the UK, you get more. That's right. It seems that we're either more greedy because we get more, we get more, or more generous than the USA in this particular instance. It's not always the way, is it? It seems that there's usually, you get more in the USA. Things are bigger, there's bigger portions, people consume more, but not in this case. Okay, bi weekly means that it happens two times in a week in the UK. Uh, now, obviously, um, uh, this is all fascinating, of course, absolutely fascinating. We haven't finished anyway, because I, I once I've I've started a language point. Usually, it's necessary to finish it, right? So, yes, in the UK, bi-weekly means two times in a week, okay? Well, in any case, the expressions are slightly different, right? Imagine that you, get, you can imagine that you get more in the UK. That might be the way that you remember it. And so, bi-weekly means twice a week um, in the UK. We also have an expression in British English to mean once every two weeks, Okay, and that one is fortnightly. Fortnightly, a fortnight. That's F-O-R-T-N-I-G-H-T. One word. A fortnight is two weeks in the UK. All right. So we have fortnightly as well. Uh, for example, the newsletter is published on a fortnightly basis, or the news, newspaper, n- the newsletter is published fortnightly. Right. Still fascinating, I know. Still riveting. Um, but we haven't finished. Then we also have monthly, once a month on a monthly basis and every month and they all mean one time a month so you can relax there everyone's happy there except that ex- everyone's happy with once a month right except when you think about rent and bills and other monthly bad things but linguistically it's pretty simple monthly once a month but when we get to two times a month things get a little bit more complicated again so twice or two times a month, we can say, every every two months, they're fine. But bi-monthly has the same problem as bi-weekly. All right, except that the Brits and the Americans, we're both confused about this one. Everyone's mixed up about it. According to the Oxford Dictionary website, um, according to them, the publishing industry have agreed that it take that it that it means twice a month. All right. So the, the publishing industry have managed to get themselves together and agree that bi-monthly means twice a month. Okay. Meaning two times in a month. Right. So well done publishing industry. You've sorted out your business, but everyone else, it seems, is still confused by bi-monthly. Um, everyone's got their own version of it. So it's probably best just to use twice a month or every two weeks. Okay. are you, Are you still with me? everyone. Are you still with me? It's pretty early in an episode to get so bogged down in a language point, but here we are. Uh, I've started, so I will finish. Um, And we're not finished yet because there's years now. We've done seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, and now we have years, all right? So we have annually, once a year, every year, or once every year, and they all mean that the thing happens one time in the year, okay? For example, this meeting takes place annually, um and also annual is the adjective form for example the annual general meeting but when two things are involved it becomes complex of course it's a bit like bi-monthly so bi-annual or biannually can mean either twice a year or once every 2 years okay you're still listening ladies and gentlemen you're not dead are you hello good you're still listening right so bi bi-monthly uh, yeah, biannual, biannually, it's a bit like bi monthly. Okay, so biannual or biannually can mean either twice a year or once every two years, depends on who you're talking to. So, yes, people are confused by this, people in general, native speakers of English included. So, it might be safer again to just say twice a year. All right, or just make sure it, in fact, maybe you can just make sure that you only do things once a year. Okay, just just do things once on a yearly basis. Just keep your life simple. Okay? Just become a monk. It's easier than dealing with the vocabulary, okay? So just keep it simple. Just do things once every only do things once. Just never repeat things. It's easier for the language. Now um now in fact there is an answer here with the biannual uh, and biannually, okay? Because according to the Wiktionary that's the sort of Wikipedia dictionary thing, Wiktionary. According to the Wiktionary, um, biannual means every two years. Okay, so they've decided, or they've worked out that biannual actually means every two years. And the word, inf- there, there is another word that means twice a year, and that's biennial. Biennial, all right? So you've got biannual every two years, and biennial, biennial, twice a year. To be honest, so many people confuse these words, these two words, and loads of people don't even realise that the word biennial exists. So, because no one knows that biennial even exists, the word is a little bit useless. And if you use it, you'll technically be correct, but people will either not know what it means, or they will think that you sound a bit too clever and a bit pedantic and maybe a bit patronising. Like if you say, oh, so uh, they'll say, so this meeting's planned to take place uh, twice a year. And you say, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, this, I'm getting confused now. This meeting's planned to take place uh, only once every two years. And you say, what, you mean biennially? And then everyone will go, ooh, look at him. He's using the word biennial. Isn't he posh and sophisticated and intelligent? So, good. I'm now... I'm glad we got that sorted out straight away right at the beginning of this episode. Um, that's good, isn't it? Yes. Quick time check. Wow, I've, I've already done about 11 minutes in this episode, and I haven't even got past the title of the episode yet. How is that even possible? Where does the time go? I don't know. Um, anyway, let's open the, open the window. It's getting a bit warm in here. So where, where the hell was I? That's it. This is the annual general meeting, which doesn't actually take place every year. In fact, the last time I did this was three years ago, so this should be the triennial general meeting, which does sound quite ridiculous, even if it is correct. In fact, since I'm all about the details in this episode, it seems, um, I should say that I've, I've only done this twice now, this annual general meeting. It's only the second time I've done it. And two times isn't enough to establish a pattern. So for all we know, the next time I do this could be four years from now, and then what? What would I call that? I can't call it the triennial meeting because it hasn't happened every three years. Some, what, what am I going to call it? Something that happens every three years in the first two instances, and then every four years after that. I don't think there is a word for that. Uh, so I suppose we can just call it the we can just call it a random general meeting. Uh, what the hell? It's not even a proper meeting. Who am I kidding? It's just another episode of this podcast and I'm dressing it up like it's a meeting, uh, just for fun. So all of this is like some weird made up problem, which could easily be solved by me just shutting my mouth and then opening it again in order to talk about something else, which I am going to do now. Okay. I could just talk about something else like, for example, the weather. Hey, ah, the weather. We're on safe ground there, aren't we? With the weather. Ah, phew! That was close! We nearly got completely lost down a linguistic and mathematical rabbit hole there, didn't we, with biennial and triennial and annual and biannual and all that stuff That was nearly the perfect storm of language and maths and when language and maths get together, then you know it's going to get complex. Well, I'm certainly glad that we got through it now, and we're now on to something much more comfortable and safe for me, and that's the weather ah it's It's always a It's always a a safe bet, isn't it? The weather is a topic of conversation. And talking of perfect storms, it is looking very grey and overcast here at the moment. It could start raining at any moment. In fact, there might be thunder. That's right. Did you see that? Did you see the link that I just did there, everyone? Did you see the way I linked from all that stuff about trienniums and biannual meetings into the weather? Um, I don't know if you, you noticed that, but I mentioned it being the, the perfect storm of language and maths. If you talk about the perfect storm, it's like... A, I, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how to define a perfect storm, but it's like, I think it's when several storms combine to create a mega storm, or it's where a storm gets to a, such a level of intens- intensity that it becomes known as a perfect storm. So here I was talking about the perfect storm of language and maths combining and then I ended up talking about the weather and talking of the perfect storm we might actually have a genuine storm uh here because it's 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 very looking very grey and overcast. Oh dear, yes. That is why ladies and gentlemen that kind of clever linking is exactly why this podcast has won uh four Macmillan Dictionary awards and was nominated for a British Council Elton Award this year. Quality in a cup, that is I don't actually I don't know why I just said quality in a cup then. No one ever says quality in a cup. Especially when you're talking about podcasts, because they don't come in cups, do they? No. Not unless of course you put you put it in a cup. But I don't recommend that, especially if the cup is full of water or coffee, because then you've probably put your phone in a cup of coffee and that's a bad idea, isn't it? Right, okay. Now, keep it simple now, okay? Um, anyway, so in this episode, I'm pretending to have a big meeting like I did in episodes 141 and 142. Remember them? I don't know if you've listened to them, but you could go back and listen to them. It's a similar kind of thing. Um, I'm having a meeting and you're all invited. And the meet, and in the meeting, I'm going to go through some agenda items, uh, which I have to talk about. And I have some questions for you, which I want you to answer, okay? Um, so I'll tell you a few things, and then there will, be a, there will be regular questions for you to answer. And I'd like you to, to write your answers in the comments section of the website, okay? Uh, on the page for this episode. So welcome to the meeting. I expect that you've all got an agenda. Did you get, did you get a copy of the agenda? Um, it was sent to you by email. Did you get the email? You didn't get the email you might want to join the mailing list, okay? Then, you, then you'll get the email. Right, so let me just give you an overview of the meeting first. Uh, remember that this meeting is also a feedback session. Uh, for every item on the agenda in this meeting, I have a question for you and I want your answers, okay? So get into the comments section on the page for this episode and respond to my questions. Here's an overview of the agenda. So we've got some items like this. Brace yourself, episodes are coming. Uh, Pokemon Go, Notting Hill... Carnival Video Transcript. Um, Carnival Video Transcript. Um, Something about the transcript collaboration. Uh, Luke's English Podcast World Tours. Um, Hideki Kanazawa, who wants to meet other Lepsters in Tokyo. Sorry, We're English, the comedy show. Um, uh, Music. Um, People selling my content. Um, And a comment from a vampire, okay? So that's that's just an overview of what's going to be in this episode, um, and I have things to say about each of those things and questions for you to answer, all right? So we'll start with the the, the, the one that's called Brace Yourself, Episodes Are Coming, and that's pretty clear, really. You should brace yourself because episodes are coming. Um, I'm going to be uploading, um, I guess, I don't know how many episodes, but there should be a few episodes coming up in, in quite quick succession. I'm not sure what those episodes will be about at this stage. It depends on how much time I get to prepare them. But there will be some episodes coming quite regularly over the next week or two, I expect. And then after that, there will be another quiet period when I go away on holiday with my wife. Because, you know, my wife, she loves holidays. And uh, she's a big fan of uh, vacations. Um so we're going on holiday in the second half of August. I've got a little bit of time before that and I expect I'm going to use that to produce a few episodes. So brace yourself, episodes are coming and then there'll be a quiet period, probably 3 weeks or something like that, um when we go on holiday and then you know the period when we come back and stuff like that. Um so what you should probably do is stock up on episodes as I upload them. I'll, I'll try and upload a lot. Uh, if I have time, you can stock up on those episodes and then listen to them in the sort of quiet period in the second half of the month. All right. So here's a question for you. Remember, I said there would be a question for every single item in this agenda. And the question here is, have you checked out all the old episodes in the archive? To be honest, that's more of a rhetorical question than a genuine question, to be honest. Um, have you checked out all the old episodes in the Archive? The point is, um, you should check out all the old episodes in the Archive because there are lots of them. Go back, go all the way back to the sort of pre-100 um, episodes because there's some there's some good stuff in there that you might not have heard. I say good stuff. I mean, I think it's I think some of it's good stuff. I'm quite proud of some of the episodes that I've done. Um, and if you haven't listened to all that stuff, then, uh, you know, do go back into the Archive and check them out. Um... Right, next item on the agenda is Pokemon Go. So Pokemon Go, this is the craze that is sweeping the globe at the moment. Um, And um, everyone's kind of talking about it, or lots of people are talking about it, and lots of people are playing it. It's the most downloaded app on the App Store. um, And um, it's kind of like this buzz that's going on at the moment, and it's a huge craze. Um, now I plan to talk about Pokemon go more fully on the podcast soon in a, in probably a dedicated Pokemon episode, or at least I'll talk about Pokemon for an extended period, period of time in an episode soon. Um, and I, what I might even do is download the Pokemon app on my phone and actually go out and, and play a bit of Pokemon and, uh, give a commentary while I'm doing it. That might be interesting. Um, so there will be a Pokemon episode coming soon. But in the meantime, I would like to get your thoughts on this p- phenomenon of global pop culture. So my question here is, what do you think of Pokemon Go? Um, so just give me your comments about Pokemon Go. What do you think about it? What are the good and bad things about Pokemon Go in your opinion? Leave your comments on the page for this episode. Next item on the agenda is uh, not the Notting Hill Carnival video. Um I think it was about three episodes ago, I posted um, an episode that had no number. I think it was called um, Quick Hello forward slash Notting Hill Carnival Audio. I think that's what it was called. The episode had no number. That's because for me, that wasn't a proper episode. It wasn't a sort of a, a normal proper episode of, the, episode of the podcast. It was just a sort of like a, a quick hello, essentially. That's why I called it Quick Hello. It's not rocket science. Uh, But it wasn't a full episode, so I didn't give it a number. You see, if the episode doesn't have a number, it means it's like a a special sort of unique one or one that doesn't quite count as a full episode. Um, So um, in that episode, I played you... Uh, the audio track to a video that I made at the Notting Hill Carnival a few years ago. Um, And I understand it might have been a little difficult to follow exactly what was going on. It's best if you actually watch the video, because then obviously you can see everything. Uh, But I just wanted to tell you that there is a full transcript to that video. Um, If you go back to the page for that episode just a few episodes ago, There is actually a full transcript for the Notting Hill Carnival video, so if you couldn't really follow it perfectly, then you can read every single word. Uh, And if you didn't understand something, it's all there. Every word is there. And that includes all of the phrasal verbs and their definitions in a list. So go back to the page for that episode You'll find the transcript, and you'll find a full list with explanations and examples of every single phrasal verb that was in that video, and there were forty in the video. Okay, right. Um, so my question for you here um, for this item is this: Do you ever visit my website, and what do you look for when you are there? Okay, so do you ever do you ever visit my website, and what? what do you look for? What do you, why do you visit my website? What are you looking for when you go there? All right. Um, And I guess a sub, two sub questions. One sub question is if you don't visit my website, why not? Uh, Why, why aren't you visiting my website? And that's not a rhetorical question. I'm not just making an angry point. Why don't you listen to my, why don't you visit my website? I'm not doing that. I'm genuinely asking you um, if you, if you don't visit the website, why not? I wonder why you haven't visited it. Uh, maybe for you, there's there's no real reason to, listen, to visit it. Maybe you're just listening. Um, but anyway, I'd like to know. And the other sub-question, and I'm asking this while sort of looking through my fingers. Do you know that expression, to look through your fingers? If you're looking through your fingers, it's like you're watching a horror movie, and you cover your eyes with your hands... And you sort of look through gaps between your fingers because you don't want to look at it directly. It's like too scary or there's something you don't really want to see. So you cover up your eyes, but you look through the gaps in your fingers. So at this point, I'm looking through my fingers and I'm asking you this question about my website. And the question is, how would you change it? How would you change my website if you could change something about it? And the reason I'm looking through my fingers there is because I do spend a, a hell of a lot of time Working on that website, and I'm, I'm, and yet I'm fully aware that it's not perfect. It's very sort of busy. There's lots, lots of stuff on every page. Um, There's loads of stuff in the menu. It's not necessarily that logical. But because I'm the webmaster for it myself, I do it all myself. um, It's, it's pretty difficult to get it to be even more simple than that. Now I know that some of you now are listening to this, thinking I'm, I know how to do WordPress, Luke. I'll help you. Um, that's easier said than done. It's pretty complicated because, for example, there are links to pages on the website and the menu items are all linked and things like that. And uh, it's much harder to restart or create a new website than you might imagine because of so many links that cross reference. For example, every single audio episode on Audio Boom has a link to a page on my website. And also, there are other links all over the internet from other people's websites that point to my website and it's these are the reasons why it's it's pretty tricky to change it and even to move to a new website and stuff like that anyway so do you ever visit my website what do you look for when you're there um if you haven't visited it I wonder why not um and uh how would you change it if you could change it in any way how would you change it and I and I'm sort of bracing myself for some of those responses cuz um I guess, well, well I, I guess, you know, I don't really want to hear any negative feedback or, you know, constructive criticism there. But at the same time, I think it's important for me to hear some, some feedback about the website. So uh, that's why I'm kind of looking through my fingers, because I'm, I'm sort of bracing myself for comments like, oh, you know, you could change this, you could change this, and then, and then I'll be like, ah, stressing out because it's difficult. Um, anyway, next item on the agenda is the transcript collaboration. And I want to read out a comment from a, a lepster called. Um, now I'm not sure actually what your first name is, so I'm just going to read out the whole name. And this is Vasily. And I'm not even sure I'm saying this correctly. Uh, Vasily She Diana Vaganov. I'm going to call you Diana because that's the word, that's the the single name in there that's familiar to me. Vasily She Diana Vaganov. It's difficult for me to read out names like this when I don't know how they're pronounced. In classrooms, it's a different story because what happens in a classroom is I have a, you know, I have students from around the world and I learn their names on day one. And often their names are, you know, names that are uh, uh, foreign and can be difficult for me to say. But because I've got the student, I've got the person there in front of me, I can work with that person and they can teach me how to say uh, their name. Um, so that's great, and then I and then once I've learned how to say their names, then I get it right every time. But here, when I'm just reading names uh, that are written down, it's much harder for me to to pronounce them correctly. Anyway, uh, Diana, I'm going to call you Diana. All right. Um, and so Diana said this about the transcript collaboration. She said, "Hi, friends. I'd like to share with you some thoughts about transcribing episodes here on Luke's English Podcast." Um, I, I listen to a lot of episodes, and I think that most of you do too, um, and we enjoy the time learning with our best teacher, Luke. Thank you. Some time ago, I'd started transcribing, and at first, it was not really comfortable. It, it was, In fact, it was really not comfortable, because it was a new thing that I was doing, and it was really challenging. After I had finished my first chunk of transcribing, I was really exhausted, but at the same time, I felt that I had climbed Mount Everest. I said to myself, I've done it. I managed to do it. If you decide to join, you'll see that there will be a war inside you to do it or to give it up. What I've realised is that I now understand Luke better than before. While transcribing, I have to pay attention to each sound, word and expression. And it really makes me understand, feel and remember the English Luke is using. Right. So what Diana there is referring to is the transcript collaboration, which is something that um, I launched, oh, I don't know, probably about two years ago. And with a transcript collaboration, uh, listeners to this podcast can um, transcribe episodes of the podcast using Google Documents. And it's really cool because at the moment, there is a transcript collaboration team that are working together to produce transcripts in a really efficient way. And I wanted to mention it on the podcast because um, I think that uh, they would appreciate more members of the team OK, so this is a call for transcript collaborators who would like to join the transcript collaboration team. If you're interested, you can contact Antonio uh, because he's uh, one of the people who's managing the transcript collaboration project. Uh, Antonio, you can contact him um, and, um, and his email address is ptholome, OK, ptholome. At hotmail.com, you'll see that email address printed on the on the page here. Uh, Antonio has given out his email address before in comments um, about transcript collaborations. Uh, so um, contact him if you're interested in getting involved in the transcript collaboration. Antonio and his email address p t h o l o m e at hotmail.com, and you will find that email address there. Basically, the way that they're doing it is that um, they. Agree which episode they're going to do, and then I think it's Antonio who then breaks the episode up into five minute chunks, and so he gets like a list of names of people who are going to work on the episode, and he creates time codes on a Google on a blank Google document. For example, let's say you got Diana, uh, Jose, Antonio, um, uh, Jun, and um, and Anna. Okay. Oh, can I remember those names? Jose, Antonio, Diana, Jun, and Anna. Let's say I don't know. There's just five random names, and so Antonio will will say uh, Antonio zero zero to five minutes. Um, Jose five minutes to ten minutes. Um, Diana uh, ten minutes to fifteen minutes, and so on. You see, so each person is given a five minute chunk, and that way. Instead of one person trying to, trans- trying to transcribe a whole hour or more of an episode, instead, you just have to transcribe five minutes. And it's really achievable. It really is. Um, you have to re- you have to concentrate. You have to um, listen very carefully. But you just listen to your five-minute chunk and you transcribe it word for word. Um, and if there are bits that you don't understand, you can just leave a gap. And other Lepsters can uh, try and fill those gaps for you. And then once the, trans- once the whole episode has been transcribed in that fashion, um, it then gets moved to a new folder. Uh, it, it gets moved to another folder, which is um, full of transcripts which have been finished, which have to be proofread by me. Um, now, that's, um, that's a brilliant system for, um, first of all, producing transcripts for my episodes. But also, it's just a really good sort of boot camp training in um, specific listening and I mean, I really believe that it, it's a good idea to try to transcribe sections of audio that you listen to. It is a good technique because it focuses your attention on every single word and every single detail. You end up, it's like micro-focusing on the details and um, it does have a really good effect on your English. Um, I mean, like as Diana said, you know, she says that uh, she now understands everything I say much better than before. And uh, she has to pay attention to every single sound, word, and expression, and it really makes her understand, feel, and remember the English that I'm using. So it's a it's like a a way of concentrating the English right into your head. And also, it's it's helpful for me as well because it means that I have uh, transcripts waiting to be proofread in a folder, and so eventually, when I finally get through those transcripts, I will be able to publish them and then other listeners to this podcast will be able to benefit from uh, being able to read um, these fully transcribed um, uh, scripts, okay? Um, I mean, obviously now what I have to do is work out how I'm going to proofread that stuff, but that's that's my problem, okay? What you can do is just get involved in the transcript collaboration and uh, try transcribing some sections of, uh, of some episodes and um, Check out the web uh, the the page for this episode, and you will find Antonio's email address there. Antonio is also quite active in the comments section of of most of the episodes, uh, so I'm sure if you, for example, left a comment on the front page of the website uh, asking a question for Antonio, I'm, I expect that he would see it uh depending on how many uh, comments come through sometimes i get loads of comments and so uh, you know your comments will sort of disappear off the bottom of the page but um i reckon if you leave a comment on the front page or at least leave a comment under this episode i imagine that antonio will probably spot it um so my question or my questions for this section are this do you use my transcripts um you'll know that some of my episodes are fully transcribed and the transcripts are published on the website. If you go to the website and look in the menu, you'll see a button that says transcripts. If you click there, you can find a list of episodes that have full transcripts available. So do you use those transcripts and how do you use them? Do you have a a particular method for using transcripts? And how valuable are those transcripts to you? Um, And if you don't use them at all, please let me know as well, okay? So, basically, I I want your comments about transcripts. Do you use them? How do you use them? Do you have a particular method, and how valuable are they for you, okay? Right, next item on the agenda is the Luke's English Podcast World Tour, Um, and I mentioned this a few episodes ago. This is the idea that I would um, go and visit different, uh, probably different cities in countries around the world, and do something like a live podcast recording or a stand-up comedy show or something like that. Now, um, um, I've, I'm still working this out, okay? So watch this space. Um, the the concept is that I would come to your city and put on a live show of some kind. It could be a stand-up comedy show, it could be a live podcast recording, or just some kind of meet-up event. Um, I would need it to take place in a... Uh, to. I would need it to take place in a place with a bar, a stage, a microphone, a dedicated room for the event, not just in the public part of the bar where other people will be trying to just have a normal evening. That that doesn't work. It, it would need to be in a dedicated room in a bar, you know? So you, you'd need to like go through a door in order to get into that, to the room where the event was happening. Um, so that, uh, you know, normal members of the public wouldn't be forced to listen to it. Um, Uh, There would need to be seating, uh, English language friendly staff, hopefully, or at least someone who can act as a go-between between between me and the staff. And it should also be open for every Lepster to come to. It shouldn't be in in an exclusive private space. Um, So I imagine that the event would take place in the evening and it should be something that everyone can come to. Okay, rather than just like happening in your company where only your employees could could take part, um, it would be something the public could could join. Uh, it, it would be good if if we could take bookings. Um, imagine something like a poetry reading in a bar, but bigger and with lebsters. Okay, so thank you very much if you sent me an email promising to help me to do this. I have been in touch with a few people about it already particularly uh, people in Moscow and St. Petersburg, which seems to seem to be the places where there's the most amount of interest for this. Um, and I am just trying to work out how I would do it and if I could cover my costs at the moment and when I would do it and things like that. But as I said, I'm still working this out. Thank you for your email messages and things like that. I've taken note of them. And um, you know, as I work on this, I will probably be in touch. Okay. So my question for this section is, have you ever met other Lepsters? Have you ever got together with other Lepsters that you don't know? Like people that you didn't know um, before, but have you ever met people through this podcast? And how many people do you think I could get together in a space in your local area? Um, just the other day, I met um, um, I met a Lepster called Leo, who came to one of my shows, and he talked about how he'd met some uh, Lepsters in Russia, and he said it was amazing. Um, and, uh, so anyway, that's, uh, that's what I've been thinking about. Have you ever met other Lepsters? How many people do you think I could get together in a space in your local area? By the way, Leo works for, well, he has his own website, which is called, uh, roommateflatfinder.com roommateflatfinder.com, which is a, a sort of service he put up. It's like a kind of, uh, a, a social networking, uh, site, uh, which he's set up in order to allow people to find roommates and and uh, and flats to share in different cities around the world. So have a look at it, roommateflatfinder.com, and it's quite a good way to hook up with um, like-minded people who are looking for places to stay, and it could be a good way to get in touch with some Lepsters as well. Leonardo is a Lepster himself, and I'm sure he'd be glad to meet you. Um, right. So what else? What else? What else? What else? Where was I? So next item on the agenda, and that is Hideki Kanazawa. Hello, Hideki. How are you doing? Um, and Hideki wants to meet other Lepsters in Tokyo. So this is a call for Lepsters in Tokyo who'd like to get together. OK, you've got someone called Hideki who is interested in arranging a, a little meetup with other Lepsters in Tokyo. So um, I think that's a great idea. It would be really cool if uh, you guys got together. Um, so if you're interested, if you are a Lepster and you live in Tokyo and you'd like to get together with Hideki, who looks like a friendly, he's a long-term Lepster, um, then you can, you can do that. Now I'm wondering, how are you going to connect with each other? How are you going to get in touch with Hideki? I suggest that you look in the forum on my website, because I've added a forum thread about Hideki's suggestion, okay? So go into, go to the website, go to the forum, and you'll see that there is a a, a new forum thread, which is about Hideki's uh, message. Here is Hideki's message, and he said, hello, Luke and everyone, how are you doing? I hope you're fine. Recently, I came up with an idea. Um, I want to meet Lepster's, I'm not sure it's okay, but I want to hold a meeting, maybe just drinking, of Lepsters if I can. And because I live in Tokyo now, I want to hold it in Tokyo. Is anyone interested in this idea? If you are, please contact me. It will be fun. Thanks. Um, so my question, which I'm now typing, is, are you interested in meeting up with Hideki in Tokyo? Um, And uh, if you are, go to the forum on my website and you will find uh, a a place there where you can contact Hideki. Now, if you're in other cities and you want to arrange Luke's English podcast meetup events, then I suggest that you do it. I think that could be a really, really good idea. Wouldn't it be fun to get together with other listeners to this podcast and just, I don't know, speak English or just have a few drinks and have a laugh together? I think that would be a really nice idea. So um, you could do that by writing something in the forum or finding some other clever way of getting in touch with everyone. Um, you could also use the comment section of this this page um, to do that. All right. So next item on the agenda is uh, uh, Sorry We're English, which is the comedy show that I've been doing with Paul Taylor for the last year. Now, the show has ended for the summer and, and possibly forever as well. Um, it might be the last uh, it might be finished now. We're not really sure, um, but it was. It was. It's been a really good year um, doing comedy. There were a few times when Paul was away, and I did the whole hour on my own, and uh, I'd never done an hour of comedy before um, on stage, and uh, so that was like really amazing. It was almost like a dream come true. I had my own one-hour show. Um, doing stand-up comedy is really quite different to doing the podcast. Obviously, my podcast episodes are you know, often more than an hour, but it's really a different thing. With stand-up, you have to you have to try and make the audience laugh like every sort of 15 seconds or something. And it has to be uh, like a well-structured um, show with uh, beginning a middle and an end and loads and loads of jokes and, and things like that. So an hour is actually quite a long time. Um, but um, I had some really good shows and Paul and I together had some great shows. There were a couple of Ridiculous moments that um, I do have recorded. I might try and pull together some some bits and pieces uh, if I can. Um, I don't want to publish my comedy shows uh, free on the podcast, but if there are little bits from shows that I could put up, then I might do that. But anyway, the show has ended for the summer, and it it may be the it may have ended forever as well. Um, it was also really cool to meet some lepsters who came to the show. There was always. Uh, there was always one or two um at each show um which is nice considering i'm in paris and i don't have many listeners here in paris strangely enough i still don't really understand why there aren't many lepsters in france if you are a french lepster then you're like a, you're like a super rare pokemon okay you're you're like valuable uh extra rare pokemon the french lepsters you're like a rare breed I'm trying to make you sound good about yourselves, okay? I'm I'm trying to make you feel good about yourselves. Uh French Lepsters you are like very rare and very very uh hard to find Pokemon and for that reason you're very valuable. Um so um spread the word, okay? French Lepsters. I'd like to know uh okay, I'd like to know why um the podcast is not has not taken off in France when like for example Spain, Italy These neighboring countries, Germany, the podcast is much more popular in those places, but for some reason it hasn't quite happened in France yet. It's a bit of a mystery to me. Anyway, so despite the fact that the podcast isn't that big in France, um, I always met at least one or two Lepsters at every show that we did, which was nice. Now, Paul's one man show is going from strength to strength, and he's moved his show to a new venue. And that seats over a hundred people, and it's been sold out in the last few weeks. So Paul's doing really well, and his solo career is 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 actually going really, really well, which is fantastic, isn't it? Considering it wasn't that long ago; it was like just over a year ago that he was on this podcast talking about how he'd quit his job and in order to try and do stand up, and he wasn't sure how it was going to go. Um, and here he is now, selling out over one hundred seats. Uh, in his own solo show and he's also filming episodes of a tv show uh which will which we expect to be on french television i probably shouldn't talk about it too much but um it it, we think he's going to be on french tv the show is being filmed um and um amber and i have been helping him to write some of the sketches uh which is cool um you know the way comedy TV shows are made. They have these things called writer writers' rooms, which is where a bunch of comedians all get together in a rule in a rule. No, they get together in a room and they um, bounce ideas off each other and just come up with stupid ideas and things. There's lots of funny ideas bouncing around the room, and the idea is that it then feeds into the sketch, and uh, it all feeds into the script and and the the sketch. So. Lots of shows do that, like The Simpsons and Friends and things like that. Um, in fact, almost all comedy shows involve a writer's room at some point with um, lots of comedians. And I, I used to listen to comedians in interviews talking about their writer's rooms. And I always thought it sounded like the coolest thing in the world, like this this kind of cool atmosphere with these um, creative people just bouncing around ideas. And that's exactly what it was like. We went to the um, the, the TV Uh, companies offices and they have these kind of writer's areas which are these creative spaces where you come up with ideas and there's stuff like a there's like a ping pong table and a pool table and lots of odd objects lying around and cool kind of things like um they've got all these sort of toys and computer games hanging around and other things and comfy sofas and uh and like a a hammock that swings from the ceiling and it's like very kind of media hipster kind of thing and so uh we got together with paul a a few times to to help him to write some sketches Um, obviously paul's done the vast majority of the work himself but it was really fun to be able to take part in his writer's room and uh, contribute a few ideas um so I guess his show's going to turn up on French television at some point. I don't know all the details about that. Uh, but it's cool, certainly. Um, and um, when uh, when we have the time, I will get Paul and Amber back on the podcast soon. And we can just talk about stuff in general. Um, so I might, I might start my own solo show in September. OK, so if Sorry We're English is going to finish, I might start my own show. And I... And I will be thinking about it. I'm thinking about it now, and I will be thinking about it over the summer. And I'm just trying to work out the pros and cons of doing my own solo show. Obviously, the pros would be, I get my own show, which is brilliant. And I'm talking about stage show here, not a TV show. No one's offering me a TV show but um, I might be able to do my own stand-up show on stage, like a live show. And I'm thinking about the pros and cons. Pros being, yes, I'd have my own show. I'd be able to just do all my material that I've got. And uh, when a solo show goes well, it's amazing. Um, It feels like you're on fire for, for a whole hour and there's nothing like it. It's just an amazing an incredibly satisfying creative experience because you get to write your show yourself and then perform it on stage sometimes you get to improvise um certain things when when the moment arises when you talk to the members of the audience and you can improvise stuff and i've i've had some of the most some of the funniest experiences of my life have been uh in those improvised moments so being able to do my own hour would be a dream come true and something I I've always wanted to do the cons on the other hand involve well, first of all, the commitment that I would need to block off one evening every week to do the show. No big deal, really. Uh, but for example, if I have to go away or have to do something, I would need to find some sort of replacement for me. I don't know how I'd do that. So there's all the administrative duties that you have to do. Also, um, also there's the marketing like, there's one thing actually performing and writing the show, but then there's a whole other aspect of it is getting people into the room. And it's actually quite difficult to fill the room when you're not, like, a, a well-known YouTube star or something in this in this city, especially if it's in English, because, uh, you know... hit we're in france so of course everyone speaks french and you know people have got pretty good english here but um still people are not that confident they're not necessarily that ready to go and see an english show unless they feel like a lot of you know unless they feel like some of it's going to be in french or that there will be french elements to it and my show is 100% in english even though i do do little bits of um i do little bits in french uh, not very much, really. It's more making fun of my my lack of French, and I do talk about France. I talk about Paris a lot in in my stand up. Um, anyway, I'm thinking about it, and I'm also thinking about what the theme of my show would be. Um, Sorry, we're English was about uh, English guys living in Paris, and you know all the hilarious uh, misunderstandings and and things that go along with that. Uh, but I think if I did a show on my own, I'd like to broaden the scope of the the show, and I I might talk about movies a lot. I was thinking of finding some film-related connection to um, the show, because a lot of my material is about movies. I've got like a a, a long routine about Star Wars. I've got uh, a routine about Taken, which you might know if you've listened to this podcast before. Uh, And um, and lots of other th- things related to movies and stuff. So I might do some sort of movie related show. I was thinking of calling it Use the Force, Luke, or something like that. But that's just a working title. No idea at the moment. I'll be thinking about it. So my question for you is, um, is about uh, material now i 'm always trying to build material for my shows okay i 'm always trying to build comedy material for my shows and sometimes I improvise some pretty funny things on this podcast um, and you might remember certain funny moments that have occurred on the podcast okay and I might be able to use some of those funny improvised moments. Uh, for my show, if I can remember the things that I said and turn that into material that I could develop and then actually perform on stage, um, okay, so can you remember any particularly funny moments? I hope so. I hope you can obviously there 's the chance that you 'll be like what there was there 's been funny moments i didn 't notice um, so anyway, I wonder. Um, here's my question: What is a funny moment or funny episode that you remember from my podcast? Can you tell me a funny bit that you remember? It could be, it could in fact become part of uh, my live comedy show. So think about it. Any are there any moments or things that you've heard me say on the podcast that made you laugh? that you think I could turn into comedy material. If there are, then just remind me in the comments section, and it might help me to uh, to write that as a piece of material. Next thing on the agenda, um, and that is my music. So, a few episodes ago, I mentioned to you that I'd been making music using a Korg K-Oscillator, which is a little handheld synthesizer sort of looping device thing made by Korg. And it's a a really nice little gadget. I got it for my birthday, and I've been making tunes on it. And uh, so I wanted to let you know that I've published those tunes on SoundCloud. So if you want to, if you want to listen to them, uh, you can. They're available there on SoundCloud. In fact, I've um, embedded the SoundCloud... um, I've embedded the SoundCloud media player, the sort of playlist, onto the page for this episode. So everything's there on the page for this episode. Um, if you want to listen to them, you can have a little look there um, and uh, you can hear them. For example, you know, I've got these like tracks like this, you know what I mean? Like this. These these tunes. The That's... I think I've played some of this stuff to you in the background of previous episodes. What I like about this thing is the the sort of quality of the sounds. It, they're very pure, kind of. It, it's um, it produces good quality stuff. I mean, whether you like my uh, compositions or not, I don't know, but certainly the sounds are very rich, and it's it's of good quality sound production. So, if you're interested, I I did get a message from someone. I can't remember who it was, but I get so many messages from different places, like Facebook and email and things like that. Um, Someone asked me what this device is because they were thinking of getting something similar for their boyfriend for his birthday. I hope this isn't too late that I'm giving you this information. But the, the device, I'm going to tell you specifically what it is so that you can you can check it out on Amazon or something. Um, it's a Korg K-Oscillator S2. No, it's a Korg K-Oscillator 2S. Korg is spelt K-O-R-G. And K-Oscillator is spelt K-A-O-S-S-I-L-A-T-O-R 2S. All right, so you can check it out on the internet. And if you want to buy it as a gift for someone, you can. I don't work for Korg or anything. Although, Korg, if you are listening, um, you know, I love your products. Wink, wink. And um, if you sent me other Korg-related products, Korg, who knows? I might be able to produce more music for the podcast and then I could mention Korg again in uh, some of my episodes. That might be a good little bit of publicity there, Korg. Korg, if you're out there, if you'd like to sponsor Luke's English Podcast, I'm sure we could come to some sort of arrangement. Okay. So if you want to listen to those tunes, you can. You can find the playlist on my website. Um, Here's my question for you, and it's this. Do you have any music which you would like me to talk about on the podcast? Now, I know that I mentioned this quite some time ago, uh, about, you know, music from listeners, but I might be able to feature your music in a special Lepster music themed episode soon with my brother, because I'm going to see my brother in the UK. I'm going to go back to the UK for a few days and I'm, I will see James and, uh, you know, he's a big music fan and a music producer himself. And we often talk about, uh, um, making that episode where we talk about music made by some of my listeners. Now, I've got some music already because some people sent me some stuff. I have a folder on my computer with Lepster music on it. Uh, but if if you have some music which you would like us to talk about on the podcast, send it to me at podcastcomp at gmail.com. Podcastcomp at gmail.com send us your music and i'll add it to my folder and then um, james and i will be able to do like uh, our music review episode and uh, if you send me your music um, you're also agreeing that i can play the track in the podcast episode okay so implicit in that in in you sending it to me is the uh, is the right for me to play it in that episode of the podcast i won't st- i won't use it in Play it again and again in lots of episodes. I'll just play it in one episode where we just sort of talk about the music that uh, you've produced. Okay, so if you've got some music, send it to me at podcastcomp at gmail.com. Next item in the agenda is um, is this people selling my content. Now, this podcast is 100% free and it should be free to everybody. And if you had to pay to listen to this from anyone other than me, like for example, who knows? I might, I might one day decide to restrict access to my old episodes or something uh, for a nominal fee. But there's no plan to do that now. But if, while I'm offering this free online, if you bought this from someone else, if you actually paid money to get this that you're listening to now, then perhaps, who knows? Perhaps someone has burned all my episodes onto DVDs and then sold a DVD to you. Uh, then if that's what happened, then you got ripped off, okay? You got ripped off because uh, no one should be selling any of this stuff to anyone, okay? First of all, I own all of this stuff. It's all copyrighted to me, Um, and um, it's, it's a free podcast, okay? So, if anyone out there is taking my content, packaging it into DVDs, and selling it, then you are a tosser, okay? And it's not okay, okay? Okay. Is that clear? Don't sell my stuff. It's not okay. Now, torrenting websites, bit torrents. As far as I can tell, loads of my content goes out on torrents as well. Uh, now, I know that there, there may be some people listening to this who don't know what a BitTorrent is. Essentially, torrenting is a way of sharing uh, f- files and, it, and all sorts of stuff gets shared around on BitTorrent sites. Um, so, um, I understand that lots of my content goes out on torrents as well. So now the thing about torrenting is I guess nobody really profits from that. I hope they don't anyway. I hope people aren't making money from that. Um, And I guess BitTorrents allow my content to reach a bigger audience. But the problem is that I don't get any indication of who's listening and where they're listening and how many people are listening uh, when when they get their stuff through torrents. Now, Uh, All of those listeners who got my episodes from a BitTorrent site, uh, all of those listeners are hidden from me completely. I don't know the volume of torrent downloads. I don't know who's listening or where they are. It could be a lot. It could be a lot of people. Maybe I'm more popular than I think. I don't know who uh, exactly is out there listening to me via torrent websites in the dark, probably wearing a hoodie hunched over a computer, because obviously that's how... People who people who download from torrenting websites, that's what they look like, right? They're wearing hoodies hunched over a computer in the dark, it's downloading things from pirating websites. Um, so maybe I've got like a whole legion of hooded ninjas out there in the darkness, downloading my stuff from torrent websites that I don't even know about. Um, so if you are a torrent ninja, um, I, I don't know. I don't know what you can do, really. You could just say hello. Um I mean, I'm sort of not completely okay with uh, my stuff going out on torrents. Uh, but at the same time, I understand that it, it may be helping me to reach a wider audience. As I said, the problem is I just don't know. I, it's like out of my control in a sense. Like I don't know who is listening through torrents and I don't know how many people I've got listening through torrents. Um, but it seems I may have a whole silent ninja army hiding in the shadows. I wonder who you are and I wonder what you're thinking. Uh so if you're making my stuff available on torrent websites or if if you've downloaded my stuff from torrent websites just remember about me just remember me okay as the creator of this content don't forget me um so my question here is did you get any of my episodes as part of a torrenting website uh and do you have any do you have any idea how many people might be listening to me that I don't know about um and then finally here uh the last point here in the agenda is this a comment from a vampire. Yep. That's right, a comment from a vampire. Now I was just um the other day I was out in a cafe uh on a Sunday with uh, with my wife, you know, my wife she she likes to go outside, she likes to get a coffee on a Sunday. And so we were outside in a cafe and I was on my phone um not a lot I'm not one of those. I try not to be one of those husbands who's completely glued to his phone all the time when he's with his wife or something. That's annoying. I try not to do that, even though obviously I'm a huge uh, global internet sensation and I'm constantly being bombarded with messages and things. But no, you know, I try not to be completely stuck to my phone. Anyway, we were there and I got this message on my phone and I opened it and it was this message that I'm about to read to you now. And, uh, And I had to read it out to my wife and we, I don't know, we didn't know what to think about this, but we all we found it pretty funny. All right. So I'm going to read the message to you. This is a, a genuine comment from a vampire. Um, the vampire is called Keith, <laughs> Keith Brandon. So here's the comment, right? This arrived 23 days ago and it said, I'm a vampire and I know that you will be surprised to think how I can write articles on this site if I am a vampire. Right. Now, this comment arrived on the episode that I did about vampires years ago. Episode six of this podcast is called Vampires, and it's a sort of, uh, I don't know, it's kind of like a a cultural history of the vampire, the the myth of the vampire. I talk about the origin of the vampire myth, I talk about uh, vampires in popular culture, um, and uh, so that was episode six so this this comment arrived on episode six i 'm a vampire, and I know you will be surprised to think how I can write articles on this site if I am a vampire well, first of all i 'm not really su- i 'm not really surprised that y- that you can write articles on a site if you 're a vampire i 'm just surprised that you're a vampire that 's the first thing um, How can you write articles? Well, I imagine you you would write articles like any other person just, I mean, vampires can use computers, right? Um, Anyway, the comment goes on to say, I can change any time, any day to either human or vampire. Yes, it is true. How I become a vampire? With the help of the Hindu priest, and then an email address, changings at gmail.com. Right, okay. Um, And yeah, it, it said, how I become a vampire with the help of the Hindu priest, vampire lord, transformer changings at gmail.com. I will tell you later. Wait a minute. You can't just, you can't just do that. You can't say, I'll tell you later. Not for something like that. Not, not when it's like, how did I become a vampire? I'll tell you later. That's not appropriate. We only say, I will tell you later, when it's something trivial that's not very important, okay? And especially when there's like something more important happening. Like, for example, oh, I don't know, you've just come home and you got off the telephone with uh, your your parents, okay? And your wife says to you, oh, what did your parents say? And you say, oh, um, it's nothing, I'll tell you later. We have to start cooking, right? You know, like if there's something more important to do, um, or, um, or I don't know. Like uh, you've just entered a business meeting. Like you've just entered the triennial general meeting of Luke's English Podcast, and you've just spoken to a friend of yours, and you sit down next to someone, and the person says, "Oh, what did your friend say?" And you'll, and the meeting's about to begin, and you'll say, "Oh, it's no big deal. I'll, I'll tell you later." The meeting's about to start, but if it's, if someone says to you, uh, if you say to someone. Uh, I'm a vampire, and I'm going to tell you how I became a vampire. Uh, You don't then say, I'll tell you later. No, that's far too important and extraordinary for you to be able to say, I'll just tell you later. So the comment goes on to say, I live in North India. Here, we are called Pissash. Pissach. Piss off, more like. Uh, My life changed from that day when I met a sweet, handsome, pandit Hindu priest. Well, that's quite nice. He's also Pissash. I bet he is. Called Vampire Lord Transformer Changings at Gmail.com. That's his name? That is that his name? Vampire Lord Transformer Changings at Gmail.com. Apparently, that's his name. Also, apparently, vampires use Gmail. <laughs> well, well, yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. I don't think that vampires have, would have their own email system, would they? Like at vampire, vampiremail.com. Vampire Lord Transformer Changings at com. No, apparently they just use Gmail.com. Um, I will not tell you my exact location, but I will tell you how to become a vampire. My English is not so good, so excuse me. That's okay, vampire. That's fine. Although being a vampire, I'm sure you've had plenty of time to practice, but that's fine. Your English is actually not that bad. Mr. Vampire or Mrs. Vampire. I don't know. Uh, Keith. Well, Mr. Vampire, right, because you, your name's Keith. Um, so the Hindu priest learned the procedure from a secret book. This dark art has been revealed by a rich Hindu landowner who, f- who found a book from the library of a Danish king. And with the help of a vampire lord, whose email is vampire lord transformer at gmail.com. What? I don't like the way you keep adding the email in to be honest. It's spoiling the story, Keith. Honestly, if you want to tell a creepy story about how you're a vampire and how you've become a vampire, it doesn't help if you keep inserting an email address into the story. You know, like most horror films don't flash up an email address in the middle of the horror film. It tends to spoil the tone of the film. Um, so yeah, this dark art has been revealed by a rich Hindu landowner who found a book from the library of a Danish King. And with the help of a vampire Lord, whose email is vampire Lord at gmail.com. If you become a vampire, you can still be an ordinary man or woman, uh, but you will get more power and gain more height. Okay. You will become much younger than your mates of the same age. Wait a minute. If they're your mates of the same age, how can you be younger than them if they're the same age? Uh, now, apparently you never become bald. All right. Not bad. That's, it's actually sounding quite attractive now. Uh, you don't need any sex. You don't need any sex. You don't need any sex. Who? N- you don't need any sex. All right. You will always get satisfied. Wait a minute you don't need any sex you will always get satisfied does that mean that you'll just always constantly be in a state of sexual satisfaction you'll just constantly be in a state of sexual gratification so much so that you don't need to have sex i don't know if that's a good or bad thing to be honest i don't know because having sex is fun it's good i wouldn't i'd be a bit disappointed if i suddenly lost the either the desire or the need to have sex uh and anyway Also, we need to have sex in order to procreate. I suppose vampires don't. They don't, do they? Vampires, they don't procreate. They don't have babies. They just bite people. That's how they spread themselves, essentially. They bite people who become vampires. Mm, It's pretty interesting, Keith. It's pretty interesting. So if you become a vampire, you can still be an ordinary man or woman, but you will get more power and gain more height, you will become much younger than your mates of the same age. You will never become bald, and you don't need any sex, you will always get satisfied, satisfied. Um, all very positive at this point. He's saying, Keith, that there are no negative aspects to becoming a vampire. Uh, but to be fair, Keith does go on to say this, he says, "But to become a vampire is a very difficult task. If after giving you the procedure, I will no longer be responsible for your nature, but you will become lone like me. Right. Keith, we need to just fix the English in that sentence because that's not a proper sentence. You've got an if clause and then the rest of the sentence doesn't really make sense. If... Wait a minute. If after giving you the procedure, I will no longer be responsible for your nature, but you will... No. Keith, we need to get rid of if. Just get rid of the if. Then it will make sense. Look, after giving you the procedure, I will no longer be responsible for your nature, but you will become alone like me. Oh, that's quite sad, actually. It's quite sad, isn't it? So you'll you'll become sexy, and you'll get you'll well you'll never become bald. You'll grow taller, but you'll always be alone like Keith. I suppose that's why Keith has written this 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 comment on my website because he's. He's just, I imagine Keith, this lonely vampire with lots of hair, uh, sitting at a keyboard. Um, He said, I was so amazed at first when I contacted VampireLordTransformerChangings at gmail.com. At first, I became very scared and afraid to offer the sacrifice to them just to be a full-blooded vampire. But I later changed my mind and strong in spirit. I did what was needed. And now I'm not just an ordinary vampire, but a powerful and famous type too. Well, yeah, you are Keith Brandon's, or whatever your name is. um, you are aren't you? uh I have powers and many dos. Wait a minute, you have many dos. What does that even mean? Do dos I think he means skills. I think he's saying he's got a particular set of skills, so he says, I have powers and a particular set of skills no human life needed for you to be a full-blooded vampire. Just get what they want from you and I promise that you will be so glad and happy being among the clan vampires. If you are being interested becoming a vampire like me, then contact the Hindu priest on these email, vampirelordtransformerchangings at gmail.com. If you also want to know more about it, then email me as soon as possible on my email to help you with information to become a full blooded vampire. Keith Brandon at gmail.com <laughs> or Keith Brandon at outlook.com. Good lucks. <laughs> Good lucks, everybody. Uh, all right. Well, if you're interested in becoming a full blooded vampire, just email Keith. Uh, at keithbrandon at gmail dot com or keithbrandon at outlook dot com or Changings at gmail dot com. All right then. So thanks for that comment, Keith. And my question for my listeners is this, or my questions are these: uh, Are you a vampire? And if you are a vampire, what's it like? I'd love to know what it's like. Um, if you're not a vampire, would you like to be? Would you like to become a vampire? And if you would like to, you could email VampireLordTransformerChangings at gmail.com. Don't okay. Actually, don't email Keith. Don't e- email VampireLordTransformerChangings at gmail.com. because have you noticed that they've Keith has has uh, declined to include exactly how you become a vampire. I mean, it's just what you just send an email to VampireLordTransformerChangings at gmail dot com and then and that's it. You have to like. Confirm the email and that's it. You're a vampire. Do you have to download something? Um, I imagine that after emailing that, they will probably ask you very politely for your your name, your address, your bank details. You know the long number on the front of your card and the three digit security code on the back. Probably, I imagine those numbers will be involved, or at least some of your personal data will be involved if you want to become a vampire. I imagine that's it. But anyway. Um, would you like to become a vampire? If so, why? And um, if you are a vampire, tell us what it's like. Is it just good? Or, you know, be honest. Be honest. Is it, is it that good? I understand that you get hair and you don't need to have sex and things like that. But come on, be honest. Is it is it really that great? Because vampires, they look a little bit depressed, you know? I've seen Twilight. They don't look like the happiest bunch of people, to be honest. It seems more like a burden, to be a vampire than than anything else um listeners uh what did you think of the twilight movies have you ever listened to my episode about vampires um if you haven't then you can check it out it's episode six episode six of this podcast check it out in the archive um and um all your vampire related questions will probably be answered there Right then, so that's the end of this uh this meeting. Thank you very much again for attending. Um you can now go back to to what you were doing before. Um I didn't I forgot to mention that there are biscuits here on the table. We always have biscuits at these meetings. There's biscuits and there's some Pepsi there as well. I couldn't get Coke. It has to I'm sorry, there's only Pepsi. Um so that we're gonna I'm gonna leave that stuff there. So if you want to refresh yourselves and have a biscuit, have a glass of Diet Pepsi, then uh, then go ahead. Uh, um and uh, we might hang around a little bit and uh, just talk about vampires or whatever. Uh, so um, that's it. Okay, thanks for attending the meeting. Just a couple of reminders at the end here. Don't forget to join the mailing list, um, and you'll find that at the top of the page for uh, this on the website. Yes, join the mailing list. Um, that's probably the best way to. Um, get uh, an email every time I upload an episode. And you can just click the click on the email and it'll take you straight to the page for the episode where you'll find stuff like notes and email addresses and links and videos and transcripts and stuff like that. Uh, you can follow me on social networks. Of course, I'm on uh, Twitter at English Podcast and I'm on Facebook at Luke's English Podcast. Check out my YouTube channel. Um, I've done... Uh, I haven't done many videos recently, but there are something like twelve videos there of of mine on YouTube. So check out my YouTube channel; it's Luke's English Podcast on YouTube. Uh, check out my sponsors. Um, And um, sign up with italki, uh, get some lessons with a a one-to-one teacher. It's a really good way of pushing your English uh, further and further and further. If, for example, you're a vampire and you want to improve your spoken English in order to recruit other vampires, then I'm sure that there will be a teacher on italki who will be willing to help you do that. Um, Just go to teacherluke.co.uk forward slash talk. um, And uh, you can get a a discount as well of 100 italki credits because you're a listener to this podcast. Um, Audible as well, Audible trial. Dot com forward slash teacher luke and you can download a free audio book that's it for the meeting thanks very much again for attending thanks for listening to the podcast good luck to everyone out there uh and i'll speak to you again on the podcast soon but for now it's time to say goodbye bye bye, bye, bye. oh one more the dates there were uh um... you don't have a pencil do you Thanks. You know, my wife, she gives me one every morning and uh, I just can't seem to hold on to it. Uh, oh, yes. Now, we know that you were in Mexico, but... Lieutenant, uh, oh, if okay. there's any further way that I can be of assistance to you... Oh, no, no. No, you just make out that list. That'll be fine, Doc. Thank you. Oh, oh, one more thing before I forget. Mm. Uh, thank you very much. and I'm sorry I bothered you. No bother at all. Well, listen, there's one more thing. Uh, you don't remember what your wife was wearing that night, do you? But if I was in the hands of kidnappers and my wife didn't ask me if I was okay, uh, I'd think about that. Like, these things, they really fascinate me. You know, they got a new thing today. Uh, like if I want to take my wife to the ball game. Ten. Thank you again. Like oh. something else? I told you that my wife and I are big fans of yours, tonight. It seemed like a nutty idea to everybody. I know it did to my wife. Would you do me a favor? Would you call my wife? Just say hello. It'll give her a tremendous thrill. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk.